0: my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick.
1: podcast where we talk about fanfiction. Each episode, each of the three of us typically brings a fic to discuss. This time we are on a theme. We'll talk more about that soon.
0: Brenna, what is your fic for this episode? My fic I brought for this episode is Days and Years by HK After Dark. This is a fic for the K-pop group SHINee, and it features a relationship between Minho and Keebum. This is canon compliant, getting together... And everything that I like in fan fiction. <laughs> Nick, what's yours? My pick for this episode is A
1: Field Guide to Common Birds in New York City by AO3 user Toft for the fandom Person of Interest TV. The relationship is Harold Finch slash John Reese. I don't know these guys. I don't know this show. Uh, I think it's sort of candy compliant um, to a degree. You have to suspend a little bit of uh, disbelief, but I think it's worth it. Reed, what is your pick?
2: My pick is Sing Each Song Twice Over by Urania. Um, It is hockey RPF specifically for Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. Um, it is canon future fic uh, post-retirement, second chances, lots of good stuff, um, lots of Brenna bait in this fic, which I'll get into <laughs> in my section. So as Nick mentioned, uh, there is a theme this episode. Um, all three of these fics feature dogs. There are dogs oh. in all three fics.
0: Yeah, there are. How nice!
2: Person of interest has bear. Um, that I did oh. look it up. At it is a dog. Uh, there's okay. d- dogs in my fic. Dogs in Brenna's fic. Mm-hmm. That's I'll it. And that it. was that was the that, theme that, that we decided on the before.
1: <laughs> yeah, the fact that I couldn't even remember a dog in my own fic is a good sign that this was our intentional theme. Yeah. Anyway, unrelated to the theme, Brenna, would you remind me what
0: episode number this is? Yeah, Nick, let me check really quick. But um, yes, this is episode sixty-nine. Oh, nice nice Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because this is episode 69 we thought we might lean into a direction that we rarely go in on this pod and bring fix that are all explicit we actually do often bring explicit fix we just skip over the explicit parts in discussion <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really never like a requirement of ours. In fact, more often we are like, let's bring things that aren't explicit. (laughs) Um, So this time there had to be explicit uh, sexual content on page that occurred in these fan fictions uh we did all manage this pretty easily i think um considering well, well okay maybe nick had a harder time but just i did it's certainly not like when we were like oh let's do an unreliable narrator and then realize there's <laughs> none of that on ao3 guess what there's a lot of on ao3 well my issue was i have 20
1: fix in my marked for later and i only use my marked for later for Fick click so i'm like oh okay these are fix that i think i could bring to the pod someday because i like to be ready when possible none of them worked for this theme. I was like, are you kidding me? Is this even possible? So I did have to go on the hunt. I did go on the hunt about five minutes, um, dating this episode, uh, before AO3 went down for about four hours. So that was unfortunate and then took me even longer. (laughs) It was a challenge, folks, Uh, but I did my best and I did come out the other side with an explicit fix. so we're very proud.
2: I think it was only a challenge because, due to scheduling, we're recording this on like a really tight like schedule from, um, like when we just recorded your birthday episode. Mm -hmm. I think if we had the normal amount of time to look for fix, I imagine you would not have struggled as much.
1: Probably not. No.
2: So another thing that we did struggle with a little bit was trying to figure out what on earth we wanted to do for the intro of this episode. Um, We threw out a lot of ideas. Mostly Nick threw out (laughs) ideas of varying quality. Well.
1: (laughs) All of them good, not all of them podcast appropriate, perhaps.
2: I suppose. So what we landed on is we thought it would be fun to do a sort of bracket-style tournament for tags. Um, So what we did is uh, we each went through our history, uh, and for each fic that was in our history, um, we looked at either the sixth or the ninth tag. We compiled a list of 69 tags, um, and then I made a bracket out of them, except Okay, a couple things here. One, oh my god, it was so hard to find a bracket that was like easily usable by for two of my co-hosts. But two, um, a lot of brackets at most go up to 64 teams. Most of them cap at 32. a couple were like 64. They are cowards, I guess. I'm not ready for like a 69 team bracket. Um so what I did is I randomized our list of tags and I chopped five from each of the lists um so i made three completely different brackets um each are missing a different five set of randomized tags um and all of them again are like seeded differently just so that we'd maybe have a little bit of variety um in in our brackets i don't know i haven't really looked at my co-hosts yet so i don't know what
0: either i'm nervous Mm -mm. i only looked at mine
1: i can't imagine either of you have the same number one as me
2: Maybe. I was surprised by my number one mostly because I had some I had some wild completely round one matches. I'm
0: surprised by my number one. <laughs> it is so on brand. <laughs>
2: like I like my number one. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought it'd be my number one going in. So the way that we decided to go about this was each of us had our own column in the same
1: sheet. And as we went through our history and put our things down, they were like in columns next to each other. Uh, so our rows of three each had a different tag in them. Side note, I do feel like this exercise made us closer as friends and (laughs) co-hosts. Holy cow. (laughs) I was going through like, nobody look at me. (laughs) Some of these things I was not proud of. It's fine. Um, However, I thought it was very funny to look at the three tags. So for example, for each of our first tag, mine was, well, I I won't say who's who's actually, so that we can maintain anonymity. But the Three tags that we each had first were vampires, fake dating, smiley face, and friends to lovers. And so looking at some of these rows, it was making me laugh to consider putting them all as like tags on one prospective fic. So like, what would a fic look like that was vampires, fake dating, and friends to lovers? Um, And some of the other rows were pretty fun too. Let's see if I can find one that's not as cursed. Well, (laughs) blood drinking, post disbandment, and begging.
2: Personally I'm looking at and finding very amusing degradation, paperwork, stabbing.
1: So true. I mean isn't that just a mafia AU?
2: Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> paperwork are they really doing in mafia AUs though? Well they well, should be doing gotta... quite a bit,
1: but Yeah, if you're like laundering money, I feel like you have to manage your like balance your money. I don't know how laundering money works. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing.
0: Didn't we talk about this in another episode where like we I did... didn't understand yeah. it?
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, when I brought <laughs> "Shut Up and Take My Money" by Attila, the like Kurt roll coffee oh, yeah. shop heist one, and you were like, "Money laundering?" Question mark.
1: Marathon sex podfic and happy ending. That's nice. Blasphemy, reverse slow burn, and undercover. I read that. <laughs> I would actually read that too.
2: This, this is like some good, okay, figlets. if you would like to feel closer with your friends, maybe you two should make a little spreadsheet <laughs> and then everyone has their own little column and you just go through your history. And again, the sixth or the ninth tag, I was counting six or nine as like past the character and relationship mm-hmm. tags. So the first ones that we're getting into like non-character specific tags. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, make yourself a little list. Prompt generator.
0: So Reed lovingly put all of these tags into brackets for us. They're all slightly different, like the organization, the matchups of them. And a few had to be omitted, like they mentioned, because we just couldn't put everything in one bracket based on the bracket builders. Um... So, we each got a slightly different bracket and we all filled them out without looking at each other's. So, we're going to read the last few matchups on each of our brackets, leading to like our number one winner overall. Um, and I think how we're going to do it is I'll give like the two things that were matched up in mine, and my co hosts can see if they guessed correctly as to which one I picked to advance mm-hmm. in my bracket. Okay. So first up, I had slow burn versus telepathic bond. Telepathic I think
1: bond. Picked slow
0: Burn. Oh. Mmm. Ding 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 points to read. No. I picked telepathic bond. Then I had There in Love, Your Honor, versus Canon Compliant. Canon compliant. Canon compliant. Yes, ding ding ding, canon compliant did win. Um, so then we had as our final matchup, telepathic bond versus canon compliant. I think Canon Compliant wins this one. I, I think so wrong. too.
2: No, I I'm gonna agree with you. I think Canon Compliant. Okay.
0: Yes. And in classic okay. Brona fashion, Canon Compliant was my top tag out of all of our 69 tags. Um I don't nice. think there's a single thing that could have beaten it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. even if there were different matchups, that was gonna win.
1: <laughs> Congratulations, Canon Compliant. Yes. So happy. Everyone claps. I love you so much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Reed? Yeah. For my first semi-final matchup, I had Secret Identity versus Enemies to Friends to Lovers.
0: Oh,
1: of course. I'm going to go, ooh, this is hard. I want to pick Secret Identity because Stony till we die on this show. <laughs> but that's also Enemies to Friends to Lovers. I'm going to go Secret Identity.
0: I think I'm going to go Secret Identity too, because I feel like Enemies to Friends to Lovers can be really hit or miss for Reed. Like sometimes I feel like it's where they want it, and sometimes I feel like it's not.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow, you know me so well. Correct, secret identity did win. Nice um, for exactly that reason. <laughs> um, and then my other one was canon compliant versus telepathic bot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> hmm. Oh, this is
0: hard. I also this struggled with hard. it for myself, but I'm struggling with it even more for you. <laughs> wow. Spoilers:
1: Canon compliant lost pretty early for me. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to pick canon compliant. <laughs> I I want to believe it's canon compliant, but I'm going to pick telepathic bond just to be contrary.
2: Your contrary, uh, your contrarian ways worked for you, Nick. Congrats. It was telepathic yes. bond. So that led to secret identity versus telepathic bond.
1: I'm going to stick by my gun. Secret identity. I'm going to go with telepathic bond.
2: Congratulations, Brenna. This is wow. what I was saying that I was like kind of surprised that this, like, I don't think I would have picked this as my number one before this bracket but it was just the Mm. spirit that was moving me and i don't know if i'm like just in a mood to read more telepathic bond but i'm not mad about it as my number one i
0: yeah also obviously love that trope and would like to see more of it again like i feel like i've been out of fandoms that used it a lot and i miss it
2: yeah i did just want to shout out a couple like a couple of my matchups from round one that were funny or i like felt bad like or, not like felt bad, but like I'd post disbandment versus marriage of convenience. And obviously, post disbandment one. but like I felt bad. Like, marriage of convenience, you probably deserve to get out of round one, but that was a tough yeah, seed for you. That is really hard. Um, I was really laughing at, I got stabbing and unmeet cute. And I was like, that's just the same <laughs> fic. Yeah. Uh, I had
1: unmeet cute versus overstimulation. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had panic attacks versus beach holidays. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I also had um period typical homophobia versus depiction of casually homophobic public school boy douchebaggery. So I was like, just pick your flavor of homophobia, I guess. Yeah.
1: I had begging versus degradation. So pick your dirty talk,
2: I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, anyway.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nick, give us your give us your finals.
1: OK, so my semifinal number one, um, telepathic bond also made it to the semifinals for me. Wow. Um, I I know. would not have guessed that. Yeah, I, I love that, that trope. I love, like, a bond, a soul bond, a telepathy moment, a mind reading. Okay, any, like, magical we bond need I love. To do a,
0: maybe we need to do, like, a magical bond, soul I bond know.
1: episode. I think This is what I'm
0: thinking, too. Okay, okay. great. Okay, telepathic,
1: telepathic bond versus bond what? Versus hair as a metaphor for bodily autonomy. Yeah, of course, that made
2: it to your semifinals. <laughs> 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 Ooh, um, I think telepathic bond only because, like, hair as a metaphor for bodily autonomy like i feel like it's a very specific type of fic and telepathic bond like you can i think get in a lot of different flavors so maybe i'm going for the versatility of telepathic bond i think mm-hmm.
0: it's a nick, so i think i'm gonna go with the more niche one because i feel that's like sometimes so that's what they gravitate towards um even though i think telepathic bond like reed said has more versatility i'm gonna go with the hair and bodily autonomy one
1: Yeah, Brenna, you're correct. Reed, I picked it for the opposite reason that you said, which is that I feel like I'm more likely to really enjoy a fic for sure that is tagged with this than with telepathic bond, because what if the telepathic bond doesn't hit?
2: Mm, Mm. That's fair. It's
1: risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hair is a metaphor for bodily autonomy. I feel like I know what I'm getting into. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Okay, and my other semifinal, I have only taking care of yourself so you can take care of others more effectively versus marriage of convenience.
2: Only, only taking, taking care, of, of, care yourself, of yourself, so you can take care of
0: others more effectively. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> These are both ones that I think went on in my like second round. <laughs> Tough. They were just too niche. Yeah, I like I like the overarching trope sometimes. That's fair. Um, okay, yeah. so
1: I have hair as a metaphor for bodily autonomy and only taking yourself of taking care of yourself so you can take care of others more effectively as my final in my trope
2: breath. That's bonkers. and also <laughs> only taking care of yourself so you can take care of others more effectively as the winner
1: Agreed. <laughs> it is my winner. Thank you, everyone for playing
2: I okay, here's the thing. I'm like, I have to imagine there is like maybe only one, maximum three fix tagged with that but i, I want to see if i can find canon compliant <laughs> telepathic bond <laughs> only taking care of yourself yes
0: wow the dream
2: mm. even trying to make it broader like i searched for canon compliant telepathic bond and self-destructive self-care and that still got me nothing <laughs> I don't know that
1: self-care isn't probably tagged on anything
2: probably not but i was like i was just trying to see if there was something
1: yeah maybe bleak boy band bingo would yield something.
2: Mm. Mm, that's so true.
1: Well, we just completed a trope bracket where the tropes were in competition with one another. When giving a blowjob to Kibum, Minho also treats it like a competition. Freda? <laughs>
0: Okay, so the fic I brought for this episode is Days and Years by H.K. After Dark. As mentioned previously, it is for the K-pop group Shiny, and our relationship is Choi Min Ho, Kim Ki-bum, AKA Ki A.K.A. Um, Key. This is a canon-compliant getting together fic. Um, I don't really have any content warnings for this fic. There are some additional author's notes about what's included if you want to read those before reading, um, but nothing for our discussion today. Um, so, for those who don't know, Shiny is a K-pop group. Um, they are quite popular and have had a quite re- well-received career thus far. Um, they are a second-gen group. They're a little bit older. Three of the four members currently have completed their enlistment, and we are focusing on two of those members here today, Minho and Kibum. Um Taemin is still enlisted. Taemin, I miss you. Welcome welcome back soon. Under 100 um, days until he comes back. Yeah. Taemin. So this fic takes place pretty much present day. Um after both minho and ki are back from their military duties um and they're like they've done some things again as like shiny but are also kind of doing solo activities um and this is honestly a pretty straightforward getting together fic i really fell down a minho Key rabbit hole lately i like haven't really been reading a lot of k-pop fic and then i randomly read like a 60k fic for them and i was like oh my god like i was already familiar with them to a certain extent um like you know i know about shiny somewhat and like i really have liked key's recent solo work and stuff but i i was not like deep in it and now i'm like deep in it with these two (laughs) specifically um i read the fic it was very canon compliant the first one i read then i read a whole bunch more that were also canon compliant including the one i brought today then i watched like a million clips and i was like oh my god (laughs) because so many of these fics including this one like pull little things from interviews and like other sorts of like variety content that we've gotten of the members like in the last couple years. Um, which is just one of my favorite things about canon compliant fic too. So yeah, I brought this partially because I just thought it was a very solid fic that did fit our theme. (laughs) Um, And, like, has a lot of themes that I love talking about. uh, But also because I'm a little bit gourdless about this pairing. It's funny because it's a pairing that's existed for a long time because (laughs) Shiny as a group has existed for a long time. But there's something so potent to me about the, like, post-enlistment, like, renegotiating relationship with all of this history that they have together. Like, uh, it's very good, in my opinion. So, yeah, this is... I kind of wish I could have brought all like 100k plus of the various (laughs) fix that I'd read all in one night, Um, but that wasn't a viable option.
2: (laughs) So I think Brenna's birthday corner next year is literally just minky all the way down. (laughs) That's
0: assuming that I'll still be in this rabbit hole then, which is not. It's optimistic. A good assumption based (laughs) on how quickly I tend to transition around. you do
2: like to graze various pastures of fandom and yes spirals
0: that's That's a very accurate description i think i do really like to graze and move along from pasture to pasture of fandom sampling only the best clover that each one has to offer
1: (laughs) Um, if you're sampling the best clover i'm like shoving my head into the earth
0: yeah So this was a really lovely little clover patch of Minky fan fiction that I wanted to bring to the pod. Um, before we get into it further and some of the themes that it explores, my friends, what did you think about this?
2: I had a blast with this fic. Um, it is the first Shiny fic I've ever read, like Brenna said, because they've been around for a while. Like, I am tangentially aware of Minky as a ship, and I am aware of Shiny. They have a great discography. Um, and Min was one of those, like... When I was, like, early, early into K-popping, he was one of those, like, I don't know anything about the group he's in. I don't know anything, but whatever he's doing, I'm on board. Um, Everyone has to have, I think, one of those, like, idols for a group you don't listen to very much, but you just are, like, inexplicably obsessed with. That was Taemin for me for a while. Um, He's not really in this fake, but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think all three of us have a lot of themes that we really enjoy. We got into this a little bit with Nick's uh, birthday episode. Um, well, a lot of bit, but um, just about enjoying things about, like, post-disbandment or future fic um, that is canon-compliant. Like, lots of things in here that I understand why this was the pasture that Brenna was grazing in. Um, also, something that is so fun for me is reading canon-compliant fic, especially for RPF, and being like, wow, that's, like, a really interesting or like bonkers or like big swing from an author and then finding out that it's real um this has only happened like a couple times where i've been like what uh it's happened for sid gino which is the pairing i'll be talking about later but um you know in this fic minho is like wow i'm so upset that you ghosted me for two years like the entire time i was enlisted you didn't talk to me and i was like wow interesting choice no that's real um bonkers brenna uh gave some supplementary material to nick and i to watch to get um a little taste of the Minkey ship. And I'm very glad that I watched that content, both because it did make me feel unwell and also because I think it really primed me to understand their relationship. Like, Lord, do they bicker, like people who have been married for 30 years. Um, and so I think like that set a good foundation for going into this fic. But yeah, I just had a good time with it. I also had a good time. I yeah, I'm also
1: tangentially aware of Shiny and Minki. I have some mutuals on Twitter who are very big fans, so I get a lot of clips and images retweeted onto my timeline. There was one recently that was like an old photo shoot where for no reason that I could tell, I think Minho was just sort of perched in Keebum's lap. Baffling. Choices were made. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the thumbs up, Bren. Um Wow them. <laughs> I had seen many times over the clip where Minho comes back from his enlistment and goes immediately backstage and is like hugging everyone, the shiny members, um, and he and Keebum hug and it's a whole thing. So I've had a little bit of feelings. I have some emotions. I'm not like Shawol necessarily, but I am fond. I have positive feelings and I'm looking forward to their comeback. Also, uh, Keys' gasoline is an absolute banger. I've been listening to it a lot. So good. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh my god. So I have been listening to that quite a lot thank you for that. Um, This fic was fun. I mean, I always love a canon compliant getting together moment. I feel like a lot of my favorite fics in fandom, especially my favorite fics to read early on when I'm getting into a fandom, are the kind that are canon compliant and that kind of thread from not being together to getting together and that confession moment and how that might be plausible. So I always appreciate that.
0: Yeah, it was fun. It was funny. It was exciting. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think overall this is a lighter fic than some of the ones that we've brought lately, um, but I feel like it also really encapsulates a lot of the stuff that I have, one, been enjoying about this pairing, and two, that I just enjoy about this type of fic. like. Uh, Since the beginning of my journey in K-pop fandom, and I've probably said this before on the pod, honestly, but it's time to say it again. Um, I have been disappointed by the lack of sort of canon-compliant fix like this. Um, I thought it was going to be really popular coming from RPF fandoms where it was really popular to write canon-compliant and not like AUs. To come into a fandom where it was like, AUs are everywhere. And I was like, what? I want to read about them being them. Um, So... I was, like, really pleasantly surprised by how many, like, check boxes this fic ticked for me in that regard. Um, as both my co-hosts mentioned, this does stick pretty closely to some of the bits that we've gotten in, like, interviews and variety content over the last couple years. Um, I think two of the things that it pulls from most directly are some of the I Live Alone episodes, which Key is on, um, which basically feature, like, him in his house, and he, like, lives by himself. Um And then there's a few episodes where, like, Minho is there and they are, like, doing various things together, like being hungover. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so the I Love Alone clips um, definitely give you an impression of what their vibe is currently, especially because it's very funny how it will cut from, like, them just bickering and kind of, like jokingly at each other's throats about something like in completely inconsequential to like little behind the scene interviews that are like oh we're just like this but like we're still like very close friends <laughs> like but they'll cut back to them, like yelling at each <laughs> other their dynamic is really fascinating to me i don't think i've encountered another k-pop pairing that's quite like it um and i'm really enjoying it Another part, like Reid mentioned, is that there, Minho has complained on multiple interviews that Key ghosted him throughout Key's enlistment. I don't know if this was complete ghosting. Uh, the stories do differ slightly, but they didn't hang out. Um, I will throughout say that throughout Key's
2: enlistment or throughout Minho's enlistment.
0: I guess both. I think they had overlap. I think they had a fair okay. um, overlap. It was, but bo- like I think, I think the biggest part was when they were both enlisted. They did not hang out. Um, Got it. Okay. Okay. And seemingly also when Minho was still enlisted. I don't know. Maybe it was all of both. I don't know exactly. Minho didn't give a timeline breakdown on these <laughs> interviews I was watching. Um, but yeah, that that little bit plays a pivotal role in this sort of like admission of feelings in this fic that I really enjoyed. Um, I feel like the whole fic to me just felt very grounded. I think both because of the clips i'd watched i could perfectly picture like where this was taking place and all the little like details kind of but also just their relationship felt very like mature in a way that i really really enjoyed i think that's one of the things that's been drawing me a lot to this pairing is the amount of history that they have together and this is something i want to talk about a little bit more in both this discussion and when we get to reed's discussion but like So often when you're writing sort of getting together fic and like kind of this like future fic feeling almost, you have to like create a space for the two people to have like been apart so that they can come back together and like renegotiate what their lives look like together again. And because of Enlistment, it's sort of just built into this pairing in present day in a way that I've really enjoyed and has really gripped me. Um, So I was just really compelled by that aspect while reading this fic as well.
1: One thing that I was thinking about while you were talking, Bren, was this idea of, like, different fandoms gravitating towards different kinds of stories. And I think one thing that stands out for me for K-pop RPF as compared to other RPF fandoms is just how many people I see and meet for whom this is their first ever RPF fandom. And so one reason I see people writing a lot of AUs is this sense of, A, like, nervousness about getting all the details of canon right, because there's a sense that canon-compliant fic has to be perfect, even though I think, for me at least, my standards for canon-compliant fic are a lot higher with fictional source materials than they are with RPF, but whatever. Um, And then, two, that it feels, I don't know, almost, like, safer or less quote-unquote invasive to write an AU story Because then there's more plausible deniability that it's like not actually about these people. I've had people I've seen people post or say like, oh, yeah, it feels like I'm not speculating or it feels like I'm not trying to assume that this, that or the other is true, which feels like such a fundamental to me, at least as someone who's been around for a while, like misunderstanding of what RPF is and purports to do. So I don't know. I think that's at least seeing that kind of discussion happening makes me think that for folks who are new to RPF, it feels scarier for whatever reason to dive into some of those canon compliant ideas as opposed to going in a total au direction
2: emphasis on the fiction in real person fiction you would like hope. <laughs> yeah i don't know i do think it's interesting too that for this pairing like the enlistment period is like it's it's already happened right at least for as we were saying like three of the four members um because nick where i thought you were going to go with this is that I see a lot of people who are, like, they're, like, the E word. Like, they're they're afraid to oh, even say, too. like, enlistment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, like, I get it, right? Like, it's it's sad to think about, like, oh, I'm, like, I'm loving this group so much and, like, what they're doing and I'm loving all the content. And then for a period of any number of, I don't know, from two to ten years, who knows, like – the whole group is not going to be together, right? Because members will be going to enlistment at different times. Um, and you're just, like, not going to be seeing a whole lot of them. And so I feel like there's a there's a real, like, shying away of the sort of, like, reality that, like, enlistment is just there. Mm-hmm. And all, pretty much all of the male idols are going to enlist at some point. And, like, that's fine. Sometimes that's the end of a group and sometimes it isn't. Like, for shiny, it very much isn't. It hasn't been. But I, I wonder if, like, I don't know, Rem, what you were saying with the, like, maturity like feeling of this like pairing and the fix is also because like there's all of this lived history they've already like hit all of these milestones that maybe other groups like bts or stray kids like the other groups that we've talked about in this pod a fair amount like haven't really
0: definitely one of the reasons i wanted to bring this fic was because i was also thinking about it in comparison to the stray kids fic we Mm -hmm. discussed last episode in nick's birthday um i mean these obviously like you know, are kind of within the same universe of their K pop fics that are relatively canon ish. Um, but, you know, with Stray Kids, they're a much newer group. And so any future fic has to sort of be forecasted out quite far versus like with Shiny mean, Amy, obviously, you could also write future fic that's cast like forecasted out quite far, but they're also just further in their career. These members are older, they have more history both together and in the industry and just like our public perception of them as well um and one thing i was thinking about in particular was sort of this feeling of choice in these matters and i know i've talked about this quite a bit with like anything that's sort of bandamy um in rpf but (laughs) it is that feeling of like Part of what you're marketing is destiny um, and this idea that, like, you are destined to be together as a group and, like, there's a reason that these members were put together. And in the Stray Kids fic we talked about last week, there's this, like, the sort of problem is that Chan relies too heavily on this feeling of, like, we were meant to be together and he's kind of can't look past that and, like, do any of the work that, like, would be required to actually make a relationship between him and Felix viable versus like something i really appreciated about the shiny thick this week is that it feels like it's so much about making the choice and making the choice like again and again kind of and shiny i think are a group also who have already been through a number of instances where they had to make a choice to continue going Mm -hmm. as a band um I don't want to get into it too much because it's not really as much a part of this fic. But, you know, they had to sort of make that choice when Hyun passed away to, like, continue as a band after enlistment to continue as a band. And, like, also make choices about, like, what do their relationships with each other look like? I'm sure that's genuinely real that they've had to, like, make those choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even if they are not the choices that fictional Key and Minho made <laughs> in this fic. But I feel like that's such a... It just feels very mature to me like these characters have grown and made these choices time and time again to like redefine what their relationships look like to each other and like also to the industry and as members of the band shiny and i just really appreciated that in this fic like it felt very refreshing to me in a way because it wasn't like oh Minho and Ki were always going to end up together even though they always act like an old married couple (laughs) like it was more like Minho and Ki are presented another opportunity where they can decide if this is what they want to pursue and this is the time where they've decided yes um and I like that
1: yeah well I think too when we look at like young adulthood Uh, for many of us that means college, it means immediately post high school, like working, it means like maybe moving to a new place. I think there is this fantasy that comes with that era of your life after high school that the people, and maybe even during high school, that the people who are in your life are going to stay in it forever. And even at the time, I think you know that it's not necessarily true, but there is still this real desire. I think one reason that some folks might shy away from future fic and canon compliant fic Um, or post-disbandment fic or things like that is that the the pretty fantasy of the found family doesn't always get to stay forever. Uh, People change, people grow apart, people move away, and so I think there is something really nice and almost like relieving to read this fic that's not a future fic because rather than being something that we have to imagine for the future of these characters, this story kind of lets us in on the really beautiful reality that they've been able to continue negotiating that relationship with one another into the present day, and that it's not something that came super easily. I would say that the thread that I find between this fic and the Chanlicks fic that we talked about last episode is that I think both of them, to very different degrees and with de- very different kind of ends to them, purport that a happy ending is something that you build for yourself. It's not something that just happens. And this fic is sort of the the... <laughs> what would you call like a reverse mirror verse? This is the nice one <laughs> where they do build it, where they do get to talk, where the absolutely crushing pressures of the world and of success seem to have lightened up just a little bit. And it's allowing them space to be together in a way that feels meaningful to them. And I think that was my favorite thing about this fic that we get to almost relax into this idea that the happy ending can be now.
2: In in talking about choice, um, briefly, there's like one line where, Minho, I don't remember if he says it out loud or if he's just thinking about it, but when he thinks about, like, Ki ghosting him, it is that sort of thing of, I was wondering, you know, if we didn't have concerts and shows and contracts to keep us together, like, would you even want this? And as we have been saying, the answer is, like, yes, but I also, okay, I really want to get into, um, we find out in this fic that Minho and Kibam hooked up 10 years previous um, when they were 18, uh, Kibum came out to the rest of Shiny. He was like, I'm gay. Everyone else handles it pretty well. Um, Taemin is like, okay. Um, Minho says nothing.
1: Yeah, he's super weird. <laughs> he does not handle it
2: very well, uh, and then is instructed to go fix things. Um, to which he, like, he kind of tries. He's like, hey, like, I do support you. And Kibum's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then Minho's like, what's it like to kiss a guy? So they hook up. (laughs) So they hook up. (laughs) Which is, like, incredible. Um, But I don't know if it's, like, entirely clear in the fic or maybe if I missed it. I don't know exactly how long they hooked up for, but it does say that, like, Keybum is the one who cut that off. Um, Again, like, when they were younger, sort of in their, like, early debut days of Shiny. Um, And now it's 10 years later. And so Minho is, like, he's trying to go for it. He's like, you know what? Like, I want to stop dancing around this thing like I want to see if we're on the same page and I went gourdless for this one bit where Keebam's basically like I like I need you to know that I haven't just been pining for you for 10 years and Minho's like okay yes I know and then literally like two sentences later he's like I've been carrying feelings for you for 10 years like what the fuck are you telling me you've had a crush on me this whole time this is wretched and I was um rattling my phone I thought it was such an interesting and good choice and just like another layer of complexity to this very long and historied relationship to not have this be the first time they're getting together, but for it to be the first time they're getting together with sort of like emotional significance and like really like choosing it and going into it. And it's like so much different than it was 10 years previous when they were fumbling teenagers and Minho presumably was like figuring things out about his sexuality. Like we don't get a ton from that time, but. I just thought it was such a good choice and one that I really appreciated in this fic.
1: Yeah, it's not tragic that they waited until they weren't scared.
2: Yeah.
0: I think also just, like, a couple more points about sort of the things that we've all been discussing here. Nick, to your point about, like, a lot of writers are just dipping their toes into RPF and into fanfiction at all, Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about that and, like... HK is an author who I've read for so many years of my fandom experience, so I feel like I'm not that surprised that there's someone who executed this concept in a way that I really like, because, and I do not mean this in a negative way to someone who is young and entering fandom. Please, I, I support you so much. Fighting. Keep going. But <laughs> as I've grown older in fandom, my tastes seem to evolve with people who are also either around my age or older in fandom. The things I look for and like now are not the things that I looked for and liked 10 or more years ago. And so I think authors who are 10 or more years younger than me are often not writing things that resonate with me as a 28-year-old. Like that's just not how life often works and it's okay to like have different tastes at different times in your life. So I don't know that's just something I've been thinking about with like fan fiction in general. I find myself being kind of pickier than I was a lot of years ago with fic and I think so much of it is just like I'm looking for things that resonate with me in a particular way that I'm kind of only getting from authors who are either around my age or like older than me and like not authors who are 10 years younger than me and I think it's important that we have like younger authors too because they their fics resonate with people in fandom who are their age like you know that's <laughs> like fandom is not a like Oh, you can be in fandom from ages eighteen to twenty, and then you're done. Like yeah, right.
2: <laughs> some people on the internet think otherwise, but yeah,
0: but mm-hmm. they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just thinking about that too. Like, it is fun to sometimes enter a fandom or be looking around for a fic for something, and like see someone who you've known of for so long, or like read their fic in like older fandoms, and you're like, hey, my buddy, we're we we do not actually know each other, but like I think of you as my friend <laughs> here <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> totally. Um. And then also just the point of choice, like, I think something that's really interesting in K-pop RPF or, like, honestly, any of these RPF fics where, like, people are together because they're, like, in a band or on a team or in some sort of, like, social situation like this is there's a level of personal choice and then there's a level of things that are out of their hands. And this fic doesn't really get into it that much, but I do think it's something interesting about the sort of, like what choices can you make versus what choices are made for you? And oftentimes one of the only choices that like, it feels like you can make you being like the idol, fake idol in this fic, the fictional idol in, in these fics is like your personal relationships. You can't necessarily control your contract. You can't control what songs you're singing. You can't control this or that. Maybe as you get older in your career, you have more control over a lot of those things. Um, As you get more like respected by your company, as, as you've made them boatloads of cash then they can't say no to you. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I don't know I do think that's an interesting element of like when so many of the things in your life are out of control like what can you choose to control and I think another thing that I enjoyed about this fic is like they're again coming together at a time in their lives where like more things are under their control certainly not everything they're still both under SM Entertainment and like have contract obligations and all of that I'm sure but like they're also operating as much more like individual members within this larger uh, social situation. Thank you for joining us uh, as we ventured for the first time into the universe of shiny fic um, and down my rabbit hole of becoming minkiest. Um, if you are also minkiest, please reach out to me. Um, I would <laughs> love to shriek with you in a wooded place near maybe one of our homes. Um, <laughs> uh, I had a lot of fun with this fic. It hit so many of the checkboxes in a that Brenna loves.
2: Um, yeah. If you go on Tumblr, you'll probably see many GIFs of Minho and Keebum and the rest of Shiny. Um, But in Nick's fic, when John goes on Tumblr, he mostly just looks at fat birds. Nick?
1: My fic for this episode is a field guide to common birds in New York City by Toft. It is a person of interest fic for Harold Finch slash John Reese. John Reese is our main character. He is also our POV character. I don't know anything about person of interest. I've never seen it. I watched one scene on YouTube to prepare for this, and it was the series finale. Uh, one, one of the last scenes, I believe, in it, episode... Or season five, episode 23 or something. Ridiculous. So now I know how the show ends, but very little about what it's actually about. So I'll do my best here. I know Brenna's watched a little bit of it, so maybe she can help me if I say anything ridiculous. Um, but in this show, John Reese is one of our main dudes, and he works with other people to stop crime. Crime stopping. Per- the person... <clears throat> the eponymous people of interest are people who are going to be involved in a crime, and they know when that's going to happen and who these people are, but not how they're involved. So they try and stop the crimes. I feel like that's all you need to know going into this. I thought this was totally readable without knowing anything about this show. Uh, as long as you know that John is pretty repressed, you are good to go. I think that's all you need, if I'm being honest. I think if
2: you don't know that, you pick that up pretty quick in the That's fic. so true.
1: No, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I for context ficlets, I was just bookmark diving, as you do between uh, several, several accounts on AO3 that just tend to bookmark fic's of varying, usually short-ish lengths uh, in different fandoms, which is how I find fic's quite a lot of the time for this show. So yeah, this is canon-compliant technically. um, It centers around starting with one particular case. Um, So there's a 21-year-old gal named Chantel, who is going to be someone who is uh, a person of interest. And John is assigned to check it out. I don't know what he does. He just, He's assigned to check it out. Uh, and in checking it out, he finds her Tumblr. So this fic is quite a bit about John getting into Tumblr, developing his own Tumblr, being a big fan of accounts with birds, particularly round birds that are referred to as borbs, uh, both by the Tumblr community and John himself on his new blog where he bird watches in New York City. Uh, this fic is about kind of self-worth and untangling that repression. It has some action scenes, I would say, in terms of content warnings. The primary one would be some violence, typical of what you would imagine in a crime-fighting TV show. Yeah, I enjoyed this fic quite a lot. The Tumblr stuff I thought was extremely fun and charming. I really enjoyed this fictional therapist. As you may or may not know, I have a lot of feelings about fictional therapists and their depictions in various kinds of media, including fanfiction. This one was great, I'm so excited to talk about her. Um, I liked the arc that John has throughout this. It doesn't surprise me that this is the kind of arc a character like this would have in a fic. I imagine there is other fic exploring this as well with him or with other characters like him. So. I liked that, and I liked how readable it was without knowing what was going on. It's about 15,000 words, it is explicit, it's getting-together fic, but I think more than that, really, it's about John figuring out how to have a human emotion, express that human emotion, and not die of shame as a result. So yeah, that's my fic, I'm excited to dig a little bit more into some of those particular themes, but first, I would love to hear what my co-hosts thought.
0: Yes, I have watched some amount of Person of Interest. I genuinely cannot remember how much. I think I would say approximately season one. Um, I did not watch it while it was airing. I watched it years later, and it's faded from my brain a little bit, but... I have to admit, when Nick was like, oh, I'm bringing a person of interest fic, I was like expecting it to be the uh, fem slash ship for person of interest Root Shaw, because I honestly didn't know that this pairing was something people wrote fic about. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it's just ignorance on my part. I don't think I've really been in the person of interest tag. I just like know what people I followed at the time when it was airing, like shipped and that tended to be Root Shaw. Um, they are not present in this fic. Yeah. So it definitely took like a little bit of a mental readjustment for me because I am somewhat familiar with at least like the beginnings of this show. And I did not like ship this as a ship while watching it. So I was like, these two? What are we doing here? I think it was convincing in the end. And like, I definitely get some of the aspects that like this author pulled out of their characterization to like make this ship work. And maybe it gets more so that way also in like later seasons. I I wouldn't know. Um. I the the bird blogging was so cute and wholesome and like really made me feel feelings and also like feel nostalgic for a particular time of just like being on Tumblr a lot, um. So yeah, I definitely am excited like for us to talk about that aspect. Um, I also enjoyed the therapy part. <laughs> I'm not uh in the mental health profession except as a client, um. But yeah. It, it is amazing how many, like, badly written therapists there are in media. And I don't just mean fan fiction. I mean, like, literally half the time when I'm watching a show, there'll be a therapist and I'm like, what is this clownery? You're making this person actively worse. Um, But, you know, <laughs> that's fine, I guess. Yeah, I really enjoyed, though, that this this one felt a lot more, like, real to a real therapist experience and also, like, genuinely helpful to John, which is great because that guy's got a lot of issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it took, like, a bit of a mental readjustment for me when I, like, started reading this fix. I was like, I don't know about this ship. Like, uh, um, uh from my own just experience with the show. But it, it got me in the end. And, like, I really like the character work and the borbs.
2: Yes, as someone who more or less had never even heard of Person of Interest before Nick was like, this is what I'm bringing to the pod. Um, I did the typical me thing of I went on Wikipedia to read a plot summary because I was like, I need to know. I was like, I I cannot emphasize em- enough how much I did not know a singular thing about this show. <laughs> um, the Wikipedia summary was really long, so I didn't get through all of it, but I got through enough to ground me. I did continually go, what? What? out loud as I was reading, because it seems like with every subsequent uh, season, it just got more and more bonkers. Um, but it it gave me enough context to read this fic, which I enjoyed quite a lot, um, because I had no conception of these characters or any ships or anything about this world before I went in. I do think the sort of, like, person outside of fandom discovers fandom trope is sometimes super fun and sometimes is a little rough to read. This was just a delight. This was an absolute blast um and like Brent said like i felt very nostalgic i think for the era of tumblr that john was in for this fic um i like so much that he got a tumblr for research and then was like i like looking at round birds this brings <laughs> me joy having a hobby outside of stopping crime seems to be good for me according to looking my therapist these borbs is
1: actively healing <laughs>
2: I also liked that it, like, did character work in, like, just further showing his repression. Like, my God, does John have lots to work through? At one point, he's going to title his Tumblr, I like birds, and then he decides that's too personal. (laughs) And it's like, bud? Oh, bud. Um, But he really goes through, like, a a lot of growth in this fic that is also reflected in his blog. I was a little bit sad because... um, This fic came out in 2017, um, and I guess uh, presumably sometime around the time it came out, somebody did make a Tumblr for it that no longer exists, which I'm sad about, but I'm picturing in my head. I'm imagining the NYC Birdman. Birdman? Yes. Tumblr. Yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with this fic.
1: Yes. Um, I do want to read a little bit of it, wow, me reading out of the fic, um, just because I think we are going to be at least referencing the Tumblr quite a bit. There are some really fun excerpts of him like looking at it, thinking about it, and I want to share a bit of kind of the tone of that, because he very much still is, like, hardened operative John Reese. He just also has a Tumblr. Um, so this is after an altercation in which he successfully stops someone from getting kidnapped. Late that night alone, dutifully icing his face, John opens his new Tumblr account and navigates back to the picture of the round bird on Chantel's page. He looks at it for a while and sips his whiskey. He notices that Chantel has written BORB in her tags, which seems weird since she doesn't usually make typos. He clicks on BORB, hoping he'll get a definition or something. He gets… more pictures of birds. Round, fat, fluffy birds with ruffled feathers that look kind of grumpy but also comfortable, warm, like they will be okay through the winter puffballs with beaks. Someone has written bird orb equals borb on one of the posts. John finds himself smiling, and he clicks the little heart button." It's so cute! He starts, like, reblogging stuff kind of by accident and is like, whoops, my Tumblr now has a lot of pictures of Borbs on it. <laughs> oh well, I don't know how to undo it, so I guess they're just like that. It's very charming, and it feels weirdly plausible. I think it's one of my favorite things about this story. I really like, and I think all of us can agree, uh, but maybe not, Uh, that I really enjoy stories that bring in fandom to a canon in a way that is, like, kind of humorous but still earnest. This isn't making fun of Tumblr at all. And actually, John's therapist, who we'll talk about soon, is like, yes, keep taking pictures of birds and posting them on your Borb account. This is good for you. This is fun. This is, like, something that you're enjoying. I don't know, I just really like this is a story that really could only come from someone who is in fandom, and I always really enjoy that. I enjoy seeing that on the pod. I know some folks talk about that kind of thing in their likes when they sign up for the Ruck Exchange, and it's something that I'm considering adding to mine for next year as well, because this kind of a story really makes me remember how much I enjoy that as a trope.
0: Yeah, I love the like earnestness to which everything about the sort of fandom aspect was uh, approached, especially because it is fandom but it's like kind of fandom adjacent too it's not like john starts like becoming embroiled in like a fandom for like a show that's mysteriously similar to like the life he's living or just like some other show that like people who are watching person of interest are like into at the time like i don't know like let's say like white collar fandom or something um i think those shows have like overlap uh within fandom spaces but um it's just like Birds, like chubby little, cute, round, fluffy birds. <laughs> um, and like their silly little names online. I also have to say, personally, I'm really glad that it was, like, these chubby little birds because I find that really wholesome and endearing. And Borb is something that I still think is funny. If it had been, like, Doggo, I would have been, like, X out of this thick. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate that. I've always hated it. This is a hot... People ask us for more hot takes on yeah. click, and one of mine is that I've never liked the term Doggo, and I think it's, like, cringe negative. Um, <laughs> yeah, speaking of cringe... I like how this fic, like, didn't have cringe about the whole Borb blog aspect. Like, it easily could have been something that John was, like, more embarrassed about. And he's, like, a little bit, like, embarrassed, I guess, but also just kind of, like, I don't even really know what I'm doing over here, so I'm just going to keep it very much to myself and, like, enjoy these little birds, but I'm also going to, like, start, like, bird watching yeah, and yeah. stuff. He's and, embarrassed like embarrassed to, like, enjoy it, something. Right. Yeah. Right, like, kind of anything more than this thing in particular. But another thing I really liked was like the sort of his therapist's approach to it all, which was very much like, okay, this is great. Because I feel like something that's really real, at least to my live experience is like you go in and you're like, hi therapist, like I'm doing this thing and I feel kind of cringe about it, but like, it's nice. And your therapist's like, that's awesome. Keep doing it. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's cringe. It's literally healing for you. um, And so I feel like that was like a really like, genuine response from a therapist and like i really liked how all of these aspects of john's life like intertwined in this fic um i found it as realistic as i think would be possible for a character like john reese who's not a super average person um with his own lived experience like and also a person who like canonically is kind of just trained to like blend in wherever he goes like i think that's mentioned in this fic as well but like he literally is actively like tr- always trying to kind of be nobody so a lot of this fic is like about him trying to figure out like who he is in even one small part of liking
2: birds sometimes i guess if you're Bruna, you tell your therapist about something and like this is great this is healing and sometimes if you're me You get like halfway into an anecdote where you're trying to explain a TikTok trend to your therapist and you're like, I've made a mistake. I've made a grave mistake. My therapist is so not online. And every time I have to be like, here's my touchstone. Here's my reference point. I'm I'm like, this is not worth the explanation. I'm so sorry. (laughs) There's a lot of things I leave out because I'm like, (laughs) she's not going to know what I'm talking about. They're very supportive. It's just sometimes I'm like, I don't, I don't even know how to get you to where I am right now. So maybe it's just not worth it. (laughs) I did really enjoy Sandy, the therapist, in this fic, though. And I made, like, a little note to myself. I was like, I cannot wait to hear Nick's (laughs) thoughts because, yes, we do know that Nick (laughs) has many thoughts about mental health and mental health professionals and how they're portrayed in all things, not just fan fiction. Um, But, like, the first time you meet her, um, first of all, she's very protective of her client, as she should be, because she texts her client, Chantel, and she's like, hello, weird man was inquiring about you. Please be safe. Then once they find out that John is, like, not a bad guy... um, like literally but also like not he's like he is there to help her um she's immediately willing to break the law for him and i just kind of liked that like sandy so chill yeah. so unruffled by things going on like john like punches a dude out in front of her and chantelle and she's like great i think you could probably benefit from therapy also what would you like me to say to the cops and i was like sandy a homie
1: yeah she seems like someone who's been in the game for a long time i love sandy i think she's very good The moment where I kind of like perked up and was like, oh, Sandy – was she assigns John to do a mood journal, which is very kind of standard, typical, when you're like first talking to someone and they seem like they don't have a lot of, uh, how to say, access to their own emotional state and like the ability to express how they're feeling. Um, Then yeah, you might want to give them a mood journal and they would take that with them over the course of the week and write down their mood either at specific intervals. So it might be like three times a day, like once at 9 a.m., once at 1 p.m., and once at like 8 p.m., or it could be just whenever you feel a particularly strong emotion, then you would write that down. For some people, it's very helpful. Uh, John struggles with it, uh, which I think is fair. A lot of people do. And one scene is where he comes back to therapy with the mood journal. And they talk about it a little bit and he's like, well, <laughs> this is tough. Um, he used a separate page entirely to keep a record of the time he spent uh taking, editing, stripping geological information from uploading and reblogging pictures of Borbs. Uh, He takes her through the numbers and explains them. And she realizes very quickly, like, you know what? This is probably not a great idea. And she tells him flat out, you know, this probably isn't working. Why don't we try another approach? Rather than pushing it, rather than telling him to keep trying, like, if she's able to see that it's not helpful, then she's just changing their course. And he seems surprised by that and feels a little bit silly for worrying. And I was like, oh, Sandy, you know what you're doing. So I really liked that. Um, that was really fun there's a whole scene later on where they're having a conversation and he's like you know what I just can't do this and she's like all right well why don't we just hang out like feel free like play solitaire I'll work on some notes we can wait out the rest of the hour together and maybe you can like I don't know decompress de-escalate a little bit and we don't have to keep pushing on that right now and I don't know I think there is just a certain amount of wisdom that comes with realizing when you can help someone uh, and when you can't help someone in a particular way and I thought that, her not only being aware of that, but taking that into account in the decisions that she makes in this fic, being aware of that as if she's like a real person, um, the author not only being aware of that, but utilizing that to shape her decisions, I thought was really astute and head and shoulders above a lot of therapists that you see in fic who are like, I'm not only your therapist, I'm also your friend, and I'm like waving red flags in the background. Like, no, 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 that's not how this works at all. So yeah, I just wanted to shout out AO3 user Toft for writing one
0: of the much better fic therapists I have seen in quite a while. So as I mentioned, I kind of went into this fic not super convinced about the pairing, which is no fault of the authors. It was literally just like based on my fandoming experience. Um, But I have to say, like, I think that this author pulled out traits from both characters that like were really effective into leading me to be like Okay, I can see why this is working. Even if I like haven't left this fic shipping it, I like get what was happening here, and I think like I don't know. We usually don't really talk about the sort of like romantic or sexual dynamic on this podcast that much, but I don't know. It's episode sixty nine, so I'm gonna say this. It's not even that explicit. Um, I just thought it was interesting, like how it kind of pulled out John's desire for praise, um, throughout this fic, and like specifically from Harold and this sort of like need to be taken care of a little bit because john's his character who's very like independent hardened multiple military tours like super spy kick-ass dude like who's like very much not in a position to like have those things offered to him almost ever and i feel like the way that this author pulled on those strings in particular ended up being really effective for me as a reader and like really convincing as to like why this would be working for John um because also like I just went into this being like I don't I don't even, did John like hook up with people in the show like probably I don't remember like what was his like type do we even know like is he like <laughs> again like he's just this kind of he's very good at his job for a reason and a lot of that is because like he's just been embroiled in this particular world for a very long time of sort of like you know like ops and missions and all of this kind of stuff um and it's like hard to sort of get the human element from him and i feel like pulling not only on sort of like the humanizing elements of like borbs and everything but also on this like what is he lacking in his life and maybe it's sort of the praise and caretaking was like interesting to me in terms of like the relationship
1: i also really enjoyed the getting together here i mean i didn't know these guys from adam so i had a good time like reading about them getting together i do think we talk a lot on this show about fics that do a more or less effective job of convincing us as the readers of a particular ship and that they work together and how uh, because we are little raccoon gremlins sometimes rummaging in people's dumpsters when they're like who the hell are you and we're like who the hell are you mm-hmm. and they're like you're a raccoon <laughs> and we're like yeah baby uh, <laughs> and we're like, this is my dumpster and I'm like well you left exactly. the top open so I'm in here now or like you locked it but I have the key so I'm coming in anyway <laughs> Yeah, in those cases, we do especially appreciate authors who put in the time to convince us of the ship, because we don't have that built-in, like, feeling. Or sometimes, like Brenna, we have a built-in feeling of, like, what is this? This is nothing. Um, so I just really liked, like Bren said, the aspects of each other that are drawn out in this story that we get to see. And also, I don't know, I think there's always something really fun about, um, like, spy slash handler, and that's not exactly what this is, but it's pretty close. Um, John does a photo shoot while undercover, and Harold is in his earpiece, like you look handsome, King. Not his exact words, um, but the vibe. <laughs> well, it's not really the vibe either. He was just like, you look really good.
2: <laughs> and they're like, kind
1: of flirting. He was like,
2: don't worry, you look sufficiently good to be yeah, a model. Yeah. And John is like, oh my, oh my god, god. hi you think gorgeous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was just fun. I don't know. I think the tropes worked super well in concert with each other, and that made the eventual getting together feel really satisfying because you're looking forward to it, like sometimes fics that are like a domino series of tropes don't work for me but these ones felt so well tailored to the fic and the characters and really served the plot that it became really exciting to me to see what the next trope was going to be and how it was going to fit in so shout out to toft for that as well
2: yeah and i think with their getting together and also with the theme of this episode where all of the fics have to include banging um we're going to talk about it wow Let's rare go. for us <laughs> Um, I just thought the way that intimacy was portrayed in this fic was so interesting because sort of towards the end of the fic you do have them getting together in a physical way and Harold is like touching John's face and John has a thought about like Harold being the braver man like because for him like touch and like I don't know just kind of like that quiet love like that is scary like reaching out and taking that step is brave and John has the thought like well, maybe he can just, like, suck Harold off because, like, he knows that and that's easier and that's familiar. And that, like, I just thought that was such an interesting and good choice for this character that the physicality of sleeping with someone was not scary. It did not feel as intimate. But the the seeing and the knowing and, as Brenna was saying, like, the letting himself be taken care of, like, that is where the true intimacy and sort of um, having to, like, let yourself be open to another person, like, that is where that really came into play for John. Um And I liked that. And like, I don't know, like we were just saying with convincing someone of a ship or showing us like what their dynamic is, I thought that made a lot of sense that for John, like, yeah, like if it was just as simple as getting in bed with someone, that wouldn't be as scary. But it's Harold and he cares about Harold and he wants to do this right. And he is being seen and taken care of. And like that all is so much more intimate. I just thought that was a really good choice.
1: Yes, and also if I can talk about something being made literal again. Um, there's a... There's a... uh There's a paragraph where John is thinking about how he doesn't actually know when Harold is and is not watching him or like surveilling him, basically, because he's always watching when John is on the job, but then sometimes he also is kind of keeping an eye out when John is technically off the job. Um, And also, where is the line between being on and off the job? It seems very blurry for John and for Harold as well, to be honest. Um, But John thinks in his head about how, wow, it's actually kind of nice to not know when harold may or may not be watching because it makes him more efficient like he goes grocery shopping more regularly he goes to the gym like there's something comforting about it and even in his own head he's like that's probably not healthy (laughs) um but it feels like the physicality of their scene where they are physically intimate with each other literalizes some of that sense of being held like it makes it very real in that moment of like being held being surrounded being contained um and because it's like the two of them in a room together it's not just the potential of being looked at it's not just the potential of being seen or wanted it's the reality that you have to face in that moment that's tied in with the intimacy of these all of this time that they've had together, that is very intimate, where, like, John is being watched. So I just really loved the way that that kind of flowed. So this fic is a very fun and also heartfelt look at the heart of a killer. Uh, (laughs) that's not really the theme, is it? (laughs) About a repressed man who just wants to be loved but doesn't know how to receive that love and who also likes birds. Um, I don't know. I just think it's lovely. It's a little growth arc. It's very fun. Again, it's 15,000 words, and I think it reads super well if you're not in the fandom itself, so if you want to check it out, I would totally recommend it. Thanks for listening to this discussion. My fic was about the TV show Person of Interest. In Reed's fic, everyone is interested in the person, Sidney Crosby, after he publishes his memoir.
2: My fic this episode is Sing Each Song Twice Over by Urania for Hockey RPF, specifically Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, who are on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, as mentioned at the beginning, it is a canon-compliant future fic, uh, post-retirement, post-career ending injuries for both Sid and Gino, although they occurred at different times. I also said in the intro that this fic is Brenna Bait. Um, I was on FaceTime with Bren. Um, a couple nights ago, looking for a fic for this episode, and I kind of okay. This is gonna sound like dumb, but I was like, I forget sometimes that like we can just bring fics we've already read to the pod. Like <laughs> I don't always need to find a new fic. Like I think in my head, I'm like, oh, like you know, birthday episodes are for sort of the self indulgent, like looking back nostalgia. Otherwise, like,
1: no indulging.
2: <laughs> like, or otherwise, just like always be searching through tags for something as possible. new. Like. <laughs> So I um, I was like, what if we said Gino? And Brenna was like, sure. And I was going through a couple of fics and I mentioned this one and Brenna was like, Aho. um, and I feel almost a little bit like an imposter bringing it because I associate this fix so strongly with Bren. um, But it is one that I read when I was like deep in my hockeying and it is one that I very much enjoyed coming back to. Um, the premise is that two years prior to the beginning of this fic, um, Sid had a career ending injury. He broke his ankle. Um, he disappears to the Canadian wilderness. No one has heard from him. Flower saw him once in those two years. No one else, nothing. Gino keeps in contact with him occasionally, I think via text and email, but it seems pretty infrequent. Um, And then Sid drops a memoir and Gino's phone is blowing up because at this point, um, sorry, again, two years. At this point, Gino has also, um, he has just retired. He's very grumpy because the Pens are starting their preseason training and he's like, who am I without hockey? And then his phone is blowing up because people are like, hey, did we, did you, did you know? Did you know? And Gino's like, did I know what? And they're like, you had to have known. And he was like, this is all very obscure and I'm annoyed about it. Um, And it turns out that in Sid's memoir, he very much implies being in love with Gino. Maybe it's just in a hockey way, but maybe it's more. Um, And Gino is like, okay, well. I guess time to get to the bottom of these feelings that I've been holding on to for over a decade that have never been addressed. Wow. Um, and he tracks it down in the wilderness and they talk things out. The content warnings for this fic, um, Pet Death, for sure. That one's mentioned in the author's note. Um, it is fairly present. Uh, it's a whole sort of thing in this fic. There's a little bit of like body image health stuff, I think. Uh, If you've read like hockey fic or sports fic, it's probably what you would expect. It's not super, super present, but it does get mentioned a couple of times about like health and staying in shape and all that. There is also some homophobia present in this fic. Um, Gino is Russian. He starts the fic in Russia. Um, And I think a lot of the homophobia that he and sort of by proxy Sid experience is sort of due to that, like where he comes from. Yeah. So like I mentioned, um, this is a fic I had read before. I very much enjoyed coming back to um, for, a, for a long period of time. The pastures that I was grazing were was very much Sid Gino. I was in that <laughs> soup so strongly. Um, and even though I'm less into hockey these days, it was still kind of fun to return to this pairing. Um, but as ever, turn it over to my co-hosts. What were your thoughts? Because both of you apparently have read this fic before. And I remember reading it the first time, completely. (laughs) This
1: is not the first time we've done a fic on this pod. And I've gotten to the end and went to leave kudos. And it's like, you've already left kudos here. When, AO3? (laughs) When was that? Years ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I I did not remember. And usually if I've read a fic and I reread it, I get partway through and I'm like, oh, this is so familiar. I've totally read this. No, at no point while reading this was like, I was like, I've definitely read this. So it was like new. A fresh experience for me, very exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it's one of those things where. Um, This is not a fandom that I really have feelings about anymore, and this pairing was never one that I was really super into, so I enjoyed it for the story, um, but I don't think I had the same out-of-my-gourd experience this time, or probably the first time, as my co-hosts did with this one. Um, I will second the pet death warning. It did make me cry. It was very well written, and it was very compassionate, um, but I think because it was quite realistic, it was very upsetting to me, (laughs) so just as a note, um, heed that one for sure. Um, I really like the setting of this fic. I'll have more to say about that a little bit later, but I think it was very evocative and it was very, it tied together, I think, some really nice themes in this story about isolation and connectedness and also like the public eye versus the private eye and how you're able to reconcile different versions of yourself. I think that the way that this fic was set and the uh, people that were around, the OCs that populated it and some of the other characters that we might know. It just worked really well together. I don't know. I think it's a well constructed story. I think that it is exactly the right length for what it needs to be, and I thought that it had a very satisfying ending, so I enjoyed it overall.
0: yeah, when Reid said that this story was Brenna bait, they were entirely correct and <laughs> maybe more so than they even initially realized um. <laughs> Which is to say that this was the very first fic that I ever read for hockey fandom and the thing that like launched me into being in that fandom for multiple years and being absolutely gordless about this ship. Um, Yeah I basically read this fic. I didn't know who these people were. I was like this (laughs) this is great. Love (laughs) everything about it. Um, And then I learned more and then I reread it again like six months later probably and like sobbed my eyes out. (laughs) I remember this all very clearly. It was in like i don't know 2016 maybe i had never like read a oh person has to retire and then writes a memoir fic before being in hockey fandom and then there are multiple in hockey fandom we talked about another one um the next next one uh for my birthday episode last year um which is also a banger i really like this trope um if we can call it that i think we can i think there's enough fix now to be able to call it that a trope Um, a sub trope if you will yeah it presents such an interesting mechanic for like a person reflecting back on who they've been and who they are and like again that public versus private and it gives a good opportunity for like people who were in their lives to be reintroduced back into their life as in this fic where gino has to go find sid in the wilderness i mean he is adjacent to like a small town it's not completely like in the middle of nowhere but it's not in a very populated area um yeah, I just, I find this fic very compelling. This is probably my fourth time reading it. I still really like it. I don't have as many feelings now as like the first two times I read it, but that's just sort of like my fandom feelings mellowing with age more than like, I don't think this fic holds up or anything like that. Um, I think it very much holds up. Uh, and yeah, I definitely have, have things to say. And again, things to say within the sort of larger conversation of a lot of things that we talk about when we talk about RPF. Um and identity and personhood and time and all of that good stuff
2: yeah i was kind of like laughing to myself when i first started my reread because i was like you know i don't know why i hadn't like drawn this parallel sooner but the fact that like all three of us in hockey fandom really enjoyed like post retirement career ending injury etc fic it's like yeah of course we also like future fic post disbandment etc and i already
1: liked future fic and post disbandment from our times before hockey
2: yeah <laughs> that's fair i've been
1: here the whole time read
2: we are always the people that we have
0: been yeah <laughs> so
2: true it's like it is both that thing bren that you were saying where like yeah you know obviously as i've gotten older like certain things i used to like in fic i don't like is anymore and like you gravitate towards different stories and also sometimes it's like i'm always the same i have always been Mm -hmm. this person um but something else i was thinking about as i was reading especially um sort of in tandem with brenna's fic is how much i enjoyed like how much they were adult people who had their own lives in this fic um I don't know. I was thinking about a comment that Nick made in Remember September oh. when he were like, "These are two grown adult men, and you can tell that like they are adult and like they feel very much like adults. Like mm. it's not necessarily like an ooh first love type of thing." On the jism fic, um, yes, the Hawaii Five O fic, yes. whose name I can't remember. Dano, um, it was oh, it was Steve something. Dano. Like an ocean, something. With love toward an ocean. That's not no. right. Like, that's right. With love so Spinning like an ocean. love so like
1: a That's an abandoned BTS fic.
2: <laughs> Thank you. That's absolutely where my brain was going. Yeah. Whoops. I think so. Well, th- anyway. <laughs>
0: Curving like the ocean towards me? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, curving Ooh. like
2: the ocean toward you. Toward, toward us. you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> toward <laughs> we are them. All in the ocean. <laughs> we could take three seconds to look this up, but why do that when well, we can just, just gonna... make clouds of ourselves <laughs> no, on air?
0: That's it's not worth looking it up when <laughs> we could just make jokes. Yeah. Anyway, oh, the stando parallels.
2: Um the parallels more being that I um Yeah, that I I liked so much that they were adults like doing their own thing. Like yeah, you didn't know a ton what Sid had been up to these past two years. But when Gino goes to visit him, he very much has a life in this town. He coaches for youth hockey. Like, he makes a comment to Gino a decent amount into the fic that's like, yes, I have feelings for you and this is a thing. But, like, I don't need rescuing from this life that I'm in. Like, I don't need you to come sweep me off my feet in this, like, small little town. And I have a life. And, like, I want things with you. But also, if I don't get that, that will be fine. And I will be able to keep existing. um, And... Gino has some of that too. Like Gino has a whole life. Like he's got like friends and a community and and other things happening that are not just him pining for Sid. And that is just something that felt super present in this fic and that I really appreciated. I think I haven't realized like how much I've been reading fic about people in their young 20s until we read a couple fics about people who are older. And I was like, this is really nice. Yeah.
0: So, this fic is structured largely around the memoir that Sid has written. Um, And both in that it is the driving force for reuniting Sid and Gino, and then also like there are uh, passages from this fictional memoir throughout, um, and they sort of help guide the story a little bit and like reveal to us what it was about the memoir that had people being like, oh my gosh, have you read it? Um, To Gino in particular. I really like a fictional piece of media within. A fictional piece of media. <laughs> um, especially when it's like done well. I think it can be such an interesting kind of plot device. Um, and I think it especially works well for me, I'm realizing, in sort of shorter form media like fic, rather than like in a full-length traditional published book. Sometimes it's just like too much of it then. I'm like, okay, we'll just write the fake book then. <laughs> um, sorry, that sounded mean. <laughs> but I really like when we just have like these little excerpts like we did here. And I thought they were very effective for, like, moving the story forward and, like, giving us this insight into what Sid's feeling. I also thought they were, like, funny at certain points in ways that I think they were not necessarily supposed to be. (laughs) But, okay, sports writing and memoirs are kind of a strange beast. I feel like I have not really read any full-length sports memoirs, but I have read in my time in sports fandom a lot of, like, kind of... Like human interest stories on different players, and that were also ostensibly written by players in sources like The Athletic. Um, And some of them are very, like, we were talking about this in pre discussion. We were like, okay, well, like, this these little excerpts from sid's book are very much like oh me and gino a team till the end but it's like there were also reporters writing pieces that were like oh sid and gino a (laughs) team till the end it's like this has been the ongoing narrative and like they have said some ridiculous stuff so on the one hand it's like oh i'm suspending my disbelief a little bit that like sidney would publish something like this and maybe a few of the clips yes but other ones of like the little fake snippets in here i'm like no he would say that like that's real And if he wouldn't say it, like, the the reporters absolutely would say it.
2: <laughs> like, this fic was published in 2015, which means it was published before the Pens had their back-to-back cup wins. And so the excerpts of, like, Sid winning uh, a second cup in this fic are all sort of imagined. But the bit that was, like, oh, finally, after the long drought was over, like, I looked at Gino's face and, like, I knew that we had made it. Like, I fully believe he would say that. Like,
0: yeah, that because, an basically RC what he was have. saying yeah. after that cup win in, in real life. Also, this is like completely just sort of a coincidence of timing and everything, but we are recording this episode like a week after uh, Prince Harry's memoir came <laughs> yeah, out. Well, I have, which I have not read, but I have seen and heard clips from. I watched a thirty-minute YouTube mean...
1: video breaking down some of the
0: wildest <laughs> moments, and my oh my gosh. Yeah, I also there, watched folks. a YouTube. I watched a YouTube Ooh, video too. It was really, maybe I watch it was that. kind of interesting. Um, it gave me what I wanted to know about the book without having to yeah. read the book. Which I imagine people in this universe are probably watching 30 minute videos similarly on (laughs) Sid's memoir. (laughs) But I don't know, we were talking a little bit in pre-discussion too about just like authorship, ghostwriters, all of that in terms of like kind of these celebrity memoirs and stuff. And I was just thinking about like, we were sort of saying, oh, like, could some of these things really be in something that Sid wrote? And then I was like, those publishers were like, go wild, Harry slash Harry's ghostwriter that I'm sure existed. Like, say whatever the hell you want. um so honestly i've kind of stopped suspending my disbelief about some of the things that are written in sid's fictional memoir here i believe it it's real maybe not the last bit where he's like very politically yeah. correct about some stuff oh, yeah um, he is still a hockey player but the sort of uh i was secretly in love with Juno all of these years yeah you know what why not
2: <laughs> the fact that like in in the universe of this fic people are like we genuinely can't tell if, like, from anyone else this would feel romantic, but from Sidney Crosby, maybe he just really likes the way that Gino plays hockey with him, and it's like, maybe. yeah, that really tracks. Yeah, like, the set of this
0: fic is someone who, like, is written as not really having had public romantic relationships, which is, like, not true for real Sidney Crosby, but like, the it, how does he feel about this guy? Does he like him, or does he just really like his hockey is kind of the vibe you get from, like, genuine <laughs> mm-hmm. Sid quotes.
1: Yeah. It has been a while. Um, but this is, to a degree, Hamlet.
0: Oh my god. Okay!
1: Yeah, well, Hamlet obviously has a play within a play. Here we have a book within a fic, uh, where sid is writing something knowing that it's going to get a reaction from the people around him and wondering what that reaction is going to be Uh, is that reaction from gino going to be love or hate because it's probably not going to be neutral i do also want to sorry this is a tangent from my hamleting um but one other very realistic thing was that this book came out and immediately everyone was like did you see this to gino i feel like in the real world as well people have very unrealistic expectations about how long it takes to read a book like once one person has read (laughs) it they're like has anyone else read this like
0: did you finish it It was like 24 hours have you read it you know i was like i didn't even know it existed (laughs) yeah the hype i
2: will say like in in the context of the fic i do think it was like a little bit of a gut punch the way that like people were like oh you didn't even know he was writing a book oh you didn't get like an advanced reader's copy like pretty rough narratively very good
0: on the arc list from the
2: publisher yeah, heartbreaking sorry
0: gino. <laughs> sorry gino as a book influencer
1: is so funny to me actually as a concept
2: <laughs> <sighs> taylor as his uh sid's literary editor wasn't like maybe gino gets to get <laughs> so a copy guess.
1: uh yes anyway um i don't know i did find it interesting like again we've seen this in multiple hockey rpfx i'll bring colder weather next january um so that we have a nice run of 3 3 oh, Januaries sure. in a row. Yeah, you're welcome. Um but it is so interesting that there's this like <laughs> We talked about this a bit last week with the Chan likes again. Hey everyone, we're back. Um, but also specifically with the the Wang Xian, the untamed fic. This idea of like, if there's something that you need to say, but you don't know how to say it, that we find other ways. And sometimes those ways are just holding it inside until we break down and someone can see that we're visibly not okay. And sometimes those ways are through a song. And in this case, this way was through a book and through writing. I found that really nice and really touching. Um, Relatable in some ways. I feel like writing is often easier for me than saying something out loud. And so I really liked this choice, especially for someone who is so notoriously how to say diplomatic with the media and reveals very little about himself and his life, this felt like such a way to get around that notorious kind of like closed-lippedness around human emotion, Um, a way to say the thing that needed to be said even without saying it all the way, but at least opening the door to that conversation. He is not expecting Gino to show up in his cabin (laughs) and is like, I have a baseball bat. And Gina's like, that's fine. I'm just sitting in your bedroom. Don't worry about it. Um, But like, you get the sense that there is this momentum that happens the second that Sid even wrote this down. Even before Taylor was like, you have to publish this. There is a momentum. There's a change. There's a shift. um, And that felt like it was definitely a strong enough choice to carry us all the way through this fic to the end
2: brief shout out for taylor crosby in this fic i thought she was very fun um (laughs) like gino flies to toronto to be like hello taylor surely you know where sid lives um but while she's trying to figure out if like gino deserves to like have the information they like play hockey together they get dinner together which is very nice yeah something i thought was really interesting too about this fic and sort of the i don't know nick like you were saying you know sid writes this book and it starts putting things in motion but it's not like Gino shows up at his cabin and they're like, "Oh my god, immediately let's declare all of our feelings. We've been in love with each other. Like, let's do it." Like there's there's stuff to work through first. Um in part like the I think the more emotional conversations get put on pause because of the pet death stuff, yeah. but also in part because like I don't know, like Gino both wants and doesn't want to have this conversation. It's really hard. Um there's a lot of references in the fic to the fact that like it feels like half the league knew that Gino had feelings for Sid. Um, But like Sid had never said anything or done anything to indicate that he was like even interested in men. So like, why would Gino ever act on it? And so like, there's a lot, like, obviously we've spent a chunk of this episode talking about like shared history with someone and the ways that relationships can grow and change. And, you know, in this fic, like, Sid and Gino were they're the two headed monster. They they play hockey together and they're super important together. And then their careers end and they don't they more or less don't speak for two years. And now they have to reckon with like maybe the fact that they've had these feelings, or at least like Gino has to reckon with the fact that maybe Sid has had these feelings all these t- all this time. Um, and I don't know. I, I really I think coming back to what I was saying earlier about them feeling like real adults um, who have more going on in their lives than just like pursuing a crush. Um, there is a bit where Gino thinking to himself, like, yeah, he would love to tell Sid, like, he would love to say the romantic thing of like, yes, I've been in love with you. And yes, I'm all in. But what he actually says is like, I need some time to think about this. Like, okay, now we've acknowledged that we both are interested in each other. But what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the reality of that? If we pursue this, like, is this actually going to be a thing that is like good and that works for both of us? And I liked that so much, too.
1: It felt so adult and so mature of a way to handle it instead of being like, yes, and I'm moving into your little cabin tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> they got that taste of domesticity, but I think both of them are able to acknowledge that it's not the it's not the brunt of the real world that they're actually dealing with. It's a little escapist moment. And I thought it was really smart of this author to let it drag out a little bit as they figure out what the real world will look like with the two of them together.
0: Absolutely. And I think like that sort of navigating like the real world or like our changed world and also navigating like what our relationship is to each other now again this is why i love either like future fic or fix that after people haven't talked to each other for a while there's something to be said i think for like going back to my thick key ghosting minho for two years versus said not talking to anyone in the w- woods for two years mm-hmm. like i think it's something also very real often about adult relationships whether they're romantic sexual platonic whatever form of relationship we're discussing here that like you are often like your situations that have put you in proximity to someone often change as you grow up you move away you change careers something happens in your family life like there are things that take people away from each other that aren't just them deciding to like not be together or not be friends and like i have definitely had like times in my life in the last few years of like not not to this extent and also not like in a platonic friendship way of having to like renegotiate what a friendship looks like after a couple years of like not having been in proximity to each other and like therefore not having talked as much not having spent that time in person and like again I think this just goes to like as I get older I'm looking for different things in my fan fiction and these sort of like how do people handle this like and even if we took the romance out just like how do you handle sort of redefining again and again like what your relationship is to someone i know this is something that nick has been talking about since like the beginning of our pod is like loving the like (laughs) redefining and like renegotiating relationships with each other but like it's becoming something that i'm finding myself seek out more and more in fan fiction or being able to put into words why i like certain things in fan fiction or why it's compelling to me um yeah so i think just like all of these fix that we've been discussing in Today's episode and last week's episode, the Wangxian, the Chanlix, the minky the sejino like they all have this feeling of like what happens when someone comes back into your life and how do you handle that? And like, I think as people who like just as part of the human population who have had like a lot of experiences in the last few years of the pandemic kind of pulling people apart, this feels particularly like poignant at this time to me, of like something that I think a lot of people have had to experience of like when someone kind of disappears from your life for, like, whatever reason, what do you do when they, like, come back into it? Um, so, I don't know. That's my through
1: line. I mean, I love that. And I think for me that ties back to some of the thoughts I had about setting and how Sid is able to achieve Sid and Gino both are able to achieve geographic isolation from the places that they used to be, from the place that they knew each other, from the place where they knew all of their teammates and all of the other folks, all of the memories that Sid chronicles in the memoir they're in Pennsylvania uh, and Citizen Canada and Gino is in Russia. And so I think there is something interesting too about the ways that physical distance can really reinforce emotional distance. It can create emotional distance. It feels a little bit different to me, I think, as someone who in fandom has a lot of friends who are very far away from me. Um, None of the three of us right now are within like two hours of each other driving, (laughs) some significantly further. And so I think I... I really like the way that Sid's cabin functioned in this story as a place that is separate from reality, a place that supported his isolation, and also a place where the world gets to creep back in on him and he gets to kind of open that door to a new relationship that's actually an old relationship. He's like coaching kids. It's very cute. Um, he seems to wander around town fairly safely. Like, they seem to protect him and protect his identity a fair amount. And there is just something it's very really- the, um
2: like spider-man movie meme where they're like yes. they're like careful he's a hero and they're like yeah.
1: <laughs> putting him back and no one's looking at his unmasked face yeah 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 exactly that um it's just <laughs> lovely i think it was the perfect setting for a story like this because the setting upheld the themes so much i'm not someone who tends to this is not true i was gonna say i don't care about setting false <laughs> um i think when i'm writing i either care a ton about setting or i don't care at all about setting and i think you can tell which fixer which <laughs> And I always appreciate a story that goes in hard on setting as its own character sometimes, but I think more than anything as someone who cares a lot about themes in stories, setting as a reinforcer or a complicator of those themes.
2: A very brief thing, Nick, when you mentioned, like, him coaching the youth hockey, I was yeah. cracking up at the bit where, like, Sid's like, what do you think? Like, next game should, like, 82 be on the top line? And Gino's like, they're fine. There's a top line. <laughs> of course there is. Of course there is, because Sid is coaching. Nick, I think to your point about this, like, the setting of, of the town that Sid's in being a place to sort of, like, give him reprieve from the world, but also that it keeps creeping in and that he can sort of engage with it on his own terms, Um I really liked to towards the end of the fake, like once they've properly gotten together, Sid sort of pitches. He's like, hey, we could go get dinner at this restaurant in a in a town, meaning like we are going to get photographed. This is how we're going to be breaking the news, like publicly. And at first, like Gino's kind of upset about it. He's like, oh, like what? Like Sid wants him to make this sacrifice. Like, I think it's like give up his like last ditch at like a public pretense of heterosexuality. Like this whole thing. It's like that's a big ask from Gino. But then he sort of stops and he reframes and he's like, OK, well. What does this mean for Sid? And it's like Sid has been an incredibly private person for most of his life. Like, yes, he released this memoir, but also like, as you were saying, like he did it on his own terms. Like he has never really loved media attention. He's never really wanted his personal life like in the spotlight in that way. And so for him to offer that to Gino to like say like, hey, do we want to do want to just sort of like break the news like this is also Sid being like, here's how I am sort of like taking the world back. Like, here's how I'm taking the narrative back. Like, here's how I feel comfortable sort of like breaking back into the wider world beyond this this little town um i don't know i liked that i i also just thought it was a very human thing of sort of like gino's like initial reaction of like that's a big ask for me and then like okay well let me reframe like how is it coming from him like it's good communication wow you love to see it i think that's gonna do it for our discussion of sing each song twice over um a just a lovely post-retirement fic i think it fit really neatly with some of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast um very briefly i will say this seems unrelated but recently i was complaining to a friend about how um like the marvel cinematic universe started as a way for like people who didn't have all of the comics knowledge to be able to like watch one movie and enjoy it you didn't need to know you didn't need to know everything I feel like our podcast is slowly approaching a thing of like we used to be like come into any episode and you don't need anything. And now we're like listen to this past backlog of seven episodes if you want the full context of our conversation. But also we have a very good podcast. So like you should just be listening anyway.
1: We're rewarding our loyal listeners.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Everyone else is
1: a faker, a phony and a fraud.
2: Wow. I feel like it's been a little while since we've insulted. Maybe word. that's not true. I was gonna say it feels like we've it's been a while <laughs> since we've like insulted the ficklets, especially about like not listening enough to the pod. But glad we're bringing that back. I'm negging them.
1: It's actually flirting. I don't know if you need that. Oh,
2: okay. Oh, okay. Hey, that's nice. You call me
0: later.
1: <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Sorry. Continue reading.
2: Nope, that's it. That's gonna do it. Um, thank you, my friends, for joining me on this trip down memory lane into hockey fandom. Thank
1: you so much for listening to our 69th episode of Fit Click. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, then there are so many ways that you can get involved with the Fit Click community. Twitter is crashing and burning in front of our eyes, but before it falls into the ocean completely, uh, like a piece of land along the coast that landslides into the water. Uh, <laughs> you- <laughs> what? <laughs> No, you're good. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. Before that happens, you can follow us on Twitter at FitClick. Uh, Check out our pinned tweet where you can also find a link to our Redbubble with merch. You can find a link to our Discord server. Lots of really great stuff. You can also reach us long form if you'd like to email us at FitClickPod at gmail.com. Share your thoughts. Give us the vibes. We cannot wait to hear them.
2: As Twitter is crashing and burning, um, usually this is the part of the outro where we say things like, you know, sharing the pod, retweeting, interacting sort of with the episodes, helps like word of mouth, grows the pod. And that all is still true. But maybe it's time to get more creative. Um, Maybe you go on like meetup.com and you say, hey. Um, interest group for people who like listening to fandom podcasts. Uh, and then you say, this is a pretty good one. I like this one. What do you think about it? That's great. And then you could have your own discussions about the Ficklick discussions. Um, just a thought for you. Uh, because truly, um, sharing the word of Ficklick with your friends and anyone who you think might be interested um, is very nice for us. It is how we help grow our little community, and we appreciate it quite a lot.
0: Ficklets, I am sorry if you have gotten to the end of this episode and were like, "Wow, I wanted them to talk about banging more." They told me they would talk about banging, and they didn't. Uh, we didn't <laughs> promise that. Sorry, <laughs> we did. We didn't promise it, but we alluded to we that did. happening. Like that. That's just modern. Media. And then we still skirted the topic a fair amount. Um. However, hopefully you weren't feeling too put out by that and you'd still like to leave us um, a happy little review somewhere. We'd love to hear from you in that format as well. Um, and also, if you are like, wow, despite everything, I really like these guys and I hope that they keep going, uh, you could donate some money to us on Ko-Fi to help with our uh, hosting costs and costs of uh, equipment and stuff like that. Um, we would very much appreciate it and we very much appreciate people who have donated so far. Thank you so much.
2: Our next episode will be coming out on the 17th, and it is going to be Valentine's Day romance trope themed. My pick for the episode is Obliged to Defend Every Love, Every Ending by Shine a Light on Me. Um, it is for The Raven Cycle, Ronan Adam, um, and it is, I was going to say a modern AU. The books are already modern. It's a non-supernatural AU, um, and it's got exes and kidfic and babysitting. Those are sort of my tropes. I am also going to be telling you Brenna's pick, Um, and Brenna's pick for the episode is Strange Bedfellows by um, an orphaned account and Ravenclaw's quill. Um, If you couldn't tell from the author name, it is for Harry Potter. It is, of course, dreary, back in Brenna's dreary corner, um, and I believe the trope here is bed sharing and maybe some other things. Um, Yeah, Nick, what's your pick? Happy almost Valentine's
1: Day, Figlets. My fic for next episode is Bad Coffee and Lemon Bars by AO3 user Stars. This is a fic for the fandom Haikyuu and for the ship Oikawa slash Iwaizumi, and this is a coffee shop AU.
2: Figlets, is it comforting to know that I could be watching you right now? Bye! (laughs) Ficklets, I don't think it'd be very good for this podcast if I went off the grid for 2 years to go live in the wilderness, but I do think it'd be healing for my soul. So, I'm going to consider that as a future life option.
0: Bye. Um, hey Ficklets, uh stream gasoline by key. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> good.